Welcome back to this sixth and final episode of Your Fitness Formula's Launch Day. If you made it all the way through these episodes with me, I am extremely thankful. If you have found any value in these episodes, if you found it beneficial, if you think others would benefit, I would really appreciate if you would hit that subscribe button, leave a five-star review if you really think it was worth five stars, and share it with other people that you think would enjoy it. It would mean so much to me and just help me get all of these great health messages out there. So in this episode, I spoke with Jennifer Delaney, who's a mother, entrepreneur, and self-health hacker who just got fed up with always feeling sick and tired. She found a way forward when the doctors had given up on her. She went from almost bedridden to running a half marathon. It's pretty impressive. And she now has control of her health and wants to help others do the same. We primarily discuss the practice of food journaling, how it compares to calorie counting, and its value, particularly when determining trigger foods that might cause inflammation. Hey, what if I told you I have the secret get fit quick formula? Well, I'd be lying. See, there isn't a one-size-fits-all magic potion, and fitness isn't something obtained overnight. I learned that the hard way. Through many failed experiments, I've ended up on all sides of the scale, from overweight to underweight to now my ideal weight. I've been where you are. It took a while, but I finally discovered there is a simple formula. It's reliable and sustainable. It can be tailored to your individual genetics and goals. It's not a shortcut, but knowing about it is. This show is meant to guide you along your health journey. By listening to the stories of health and fitness professionals, you will learn the principles and habits that can lead you to long-term health. I'm Teddy Benz, and I want to help you craft your fitness formula. Hi, Jen. How are you? Good. How are you today? Good. Thank you so much for joining me. No, I'm grateful to be here and grateful to, you know, hopefully spread some information that, you know, may be helpful to other people. Great. Thank you. Um, I'd like to start out uh, by learning a little bit about you, um, what your day-to-day work is like and um, how and why you came to make health the focus of your business. So my day-to-day, I'm a digital nomad. Um, I'm currently in Oregon. I just did about three and a half months in Montana. I will probably spend the winter somewhere warm this year. I spent chunks of it in Montana last year. Um, My health journey began, really began 25 years ago with a car accident. Uh, I was injured and had a, it just basically was having migraines every day from the head injury that I had. Learned with a neurologist how to fix that. And then about 12, 13 years ago, I started to get sick again. I got a fibromyalgia diagnosis. Um, I was in massage school, so I was already in that holistic kind of day-to-day, but I wasn't getting better. I was getting worse, and I took all those tactics that I had learned 25 years ago, brought them into my regular life because my my doctors basically announced like they had cured me, telling me it wasn't food that was my issue, and it turns out it was absolutely food that was my issue, so... I have kind of geared my whole world towards spreading that message and helping people get out of their own way and find their food triggers that make them sick. That's great. Um, I always um, like to know the backstory of people because I find a lot of times that the problems they go through are what they're trying to help uh, other people to either avoid or escape themselves. You're right. I mean, really, for most people who who are out there spreading some kind of message, they didn't get there without having gone through some journey that brought them to that place where they needed to recover and now they want to share that message with others. One thing that I know that you um, like to talk about that I'm 
guessing was helpful in your journey was food journaling. So I, I actually, I keep kind of toying with this. It's really the anti-food elimination diet. And what I have people do, it's really super simple. I have people write down everything that they eat. Um, a doctor would give you an elimination diet where he'd dial you down to about 20 things you could eat. You would, after 21 days, supposedly know what food allergies you may or may not have. Um, and in that 21 days, you're going to be angry, crabby, hungry, and probably cheat. So it wasn't really worth doing in the first place. And I keep people for at least the first 30 days not changing their diet at all staying on the same restaurants, the same food schedule, don't change a darn thing because that's you're where you're at right now and we can fix it later. Mm -hmm. So with food journaling, is that uh, different from calorie counting or macro tracking? Absolutely. Um, if you're not already doing that, I'm not going to ask you to do that. Um, that has nothing to do with finding a, an allergy or a food trigger. Uh, basically, food journaling for me is writing down everything that you put in your mouth. If you eat a piece of gum, if you have a mint, if you have a soda or a diet soda or a fruit drink or whatever, I want you to write it down and track if you feel any different, good or bad, after you've eaten it. That's how you're going to find out. That's how I found out I was allergic to corn. My biggest food trigger is not on anybody else's elimination diet. They're not realizing how inflammatory and dangerous it can be for a human body. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. I don't have fibromyalgia, whatever that is. I have an allergy to corn. If I eat any amount of it, I will be sick. I will feel like I have the flu, head to toe body aches, peripheral neuropathy in my hands and my feet. But it took some digging into the days I felt worse to figure out what I was eating on those days to figure out it was corn. It's very important to consider things on the individual level, not go into absolutes, say, you are experiencing these symptoms, it must be this that is causing it. Um, in a lot of cases, it could be something completely unexpected, like in your situation. Unfortunately, that's what Western medicine teaches doctors to do. They look at the book, your symptoms match, therefore you have what you have. And in my case, they said, you have Raynaud's, you have fibromyalgia, and you have something else. Because I had, at 35, I was probably only 33 at the time, had peripheral neuropathy in my hands and my feet. They're like, you might have MS. And I'm like, what? What? You're giving me a death sentence. MS, Parkinson's. They're like, you have something else. Well, my something else was the root of all of my problems, and it was the corn. It took six months to fully heal that inflammation so that my hands and my feet didn't tingle. But if I ate a corn chip right now in 45 minutes, my feet would start to tingle and burn. So I don't do that anymore, and I leave, live a pretty happy, fulfilled, healthy existence. Besides inaccurate um, decisions of what to eliminate, what are other reasons that an elimination diet might fail? I think that the restricted nature of them is just hard. And I, I tell people, people are always like, oh, but food journaling sounds hard. I'm like, well, is being sick harder? I think being sick is harder. Right. So one of the reasons that people fail at elimination diets is a, a little bit of a lack of a support. Um, I don't know anybody who's come home with one of those and their family's like, oh, yay, let's all do that together. That's not happening. It never happened with me. And I've done a couple of different versions. Um, people are like, oh, that sucks for you. Great. Good luck with that. Um, so that's another big reason I think that, that that stuff fails is that people just don't have the support. I would have to live alone. 
to do something like that again. I would have to live alone where I could completely monitor what was in the cabinets or refrigerator and not have any outside input. Basically lock myself away with the only foods I could eat so I didn't get tempted. Mm-hmm. Could you um, talk a little bit about food and the inflammation it might cause, how to deal with that? Well, again, I think most people's triggers are fairly individual. There's a lot of things that we know are inflammatory. There's some ways to deal with inflammation in general, Getting, staying hydrated and getting lots of water. You're going to flush your system. Um, I'm a huge advocate of hot springs and saunas, um, infrared saunas, uh, to kind of reduce that inflammation, flush that stuff out of your system. Um, I'm not a huge fan of anything drastic or taking an anti-inflammatory medication. I'm not currently on any, and nor was I through my fibromyalgia journey after I figured out they had made me a complete zombie for three weeks. Uh, I'm not on any medication. Um, I try and avoid things like ibuprofen, which is a great anti-inflammatory if you have an injury. But what people don't understand is it can also cause some inflammation in your gut. So now have you done yourself enough good to counteract with an ice pack and some peppermint oil or whatever, who do you want to put on your forehead to make your headache go away? Would that have been as effective as taking a couple of pills? And unfortunately, doctors tell you to take pills, advertisements take you to tell you to take pills. And I think we don't give enough credit to what the human body can do on its own. Right. When taking um, supplements or medications, it's important to weigh all of the effects of it, not just whether it'll cure what it's, suppo- what it's intended to help, um, also weigh what negative impact it might have on you. There's an old, old saying, and I don't have any idea where it stems from, but the poison is in the dose. And I can tell you for, um, you know, for a fact, the poison is in the dose for me. It could be nightshades. I can eat tomatoes on my salad, which I don't. I think they're gross. I don't like them. I can, but I can. I can have a piece. Of, I can have a slice of tomato on a cheeseburger and not have any reaction. If I eat pizza or a big bowl of pasta sauce, where that that nightshade, that tomato has been cooked down, it's been concentrated. I'm gonna have inflammation in my hands. It's an arthritic sort of thing where I'm stiff and I'm achy, but that's a veg. Technically, it's a fruit, but it's a vegetable. It's a vegetable and we think of them as healthy and we don't see that there could still be an issue for one person or another person. My mother can eat a whole bowl of spaghetti and not have the same reaction that I do. And she has arthritis and she doesn't notice any increase in her inflammation from eating a nightshade where I do. So again, it comes back to that personal level of what your body can handle and what somebody else's can handle. And you just got to figure out what works for you. And, um, Going along with that, um, the poison is in the dose. Like even if you aren't going to have um, adverse um, inflammatory side effects from something, like even if you aren't allergic to it, that still um, very well holds true that the poison is in the dose because um, people, like I say, apples, extremely healthy. But if you, you could potentially eat enough of them that you would gain weight from eating apples or even water in a large enough amount um, could have a negative impact on your bodily functions. So water specifically, water, you can kill yourself drinking too much water. It is, it has been done. Um, Another really great, just to kind of a poison is in the dose and how different people's system is. I've never heard anybody having a major adverse reaction to chia seeds. Chia seeds are this superfood. We're putting them in our smoothies. If I take a tablespoon of chia seeds for a couple of days in a row, 
it's going to drop my blood pressure enough to make me dizzy, like walking around and I get a dizzy spell. So the dose for me, where my mother puts two tablespoons in a smoothie every day, five days a week at least, and I can't have it a couple of times in a row, or I'm going to end up with dizzy spells that are dangerous because I pop out of my chair, my blood pressure is low. And if I go too far, I could, you know, I could potentially injure myself. So that poison is, is in the dose, you might be able to handle some ibuprofen where somebody else just can't. I mean, th there's, no, there's no sure thing in modern medicine, in diet, in exercise. There's no one thing that's going to work for everybody. Right. Um, so we focused a lot of our discussion here talking about um, what people put into their bodies. Could you uh, talk a little bit about ways to... Um, benefit your health that are external, um, whether that's exercise or the environment you're in, like what kind of impact external factors can have on your health? I have a couple of things that I think are, are very important. I think getting up and moving at least a little bit. Um, I suggest even the sickest person starts moving their car further and further and further and further down the road at the grocery store. If you can only add 10 steps this week, you might be able to add 20 next week. I'm not telling people to go out and run a half marathon. I've done it. Since I was sick, I ran a half marathon. It was a goal I had. I needed to do it. I don't know if I'll ever do it again, but I needed to do that for me. Um, I'm a firm believer in the sunshine. You do not make vitamin D if you do not get UV rays on your skin. And if you're worried about burning, go out in the morning. I'm actually a huge advocate of morning sunlight. It helps set your circadian rhythms. It helps set all of those clocks that make all of your hormones. People are like, oh, I took melatonin at night. Well, if you got up in the morning and got sun on your body and sun, real sunlight, regular early morning sunlight in your eyes, you're going to produce more melatonin in the evening. You've set the clock to start the process to make the melatonin that your body needs when you shut down. So the other one that goes with that is I think people do too much blue light at night, too much screen time, too many bright, bright LEDs. It is not solar noon at midnight, but our, the interior of our homes look like that to our bodies. So I wear a blue blocker, uh, an eyeglass with a blue blocker on it. I also, um, I also tend to just shut the lights off. I go to bed a little bit early because I like to do that morning thing, but I sit around with candles, low light, you know, a light in the other room. If I don't need full blown light on, I don't do that either. That's some great information. I um, really appreciate you coming on and talking with me. Um, th that's all the questions I had for you. Um, is there anything that you think that my uh, listeners would benefit from knowing about that we haven't touched on? Like any particular things you like to um, mention to most people when working with them? Two things that I like to impart to everybody is give yourself a little grace. We are very, very hard on ourselves. We say things to ourselves that we would never say to somebody else, not to their face, and we will say them to ourselves all day long. So give yourself a little grace. Give yourself credit for the little baby steps towards better living, better health, better relationships. Just give yourself a little bit of grace. And the other thing is being sick is hard. It is the hardest thing you'll ever do. There is no solution that is harder than being sick. And I think that goes from the smallest little thing to the cancer fighter survivor. They'll all tell you that being sick was the worst thing. Yeah, sometimes the, the cure is hard too, but for something like me, for food journaling, writing down some stuff on a piece of paper is not nearly as hard as the life I was living when I was ill.
and you can feel better. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jen. Um, if you'd like to take a moment to um, tell the listeners where they can find you on the internet and interact with you, find out more about the work you do. So jendelaney.com is a little bit under construction right now, but you can find me or reach out to me on Instagram at thejendelaney.com and that's J-E-N-N. I'm 2N-Jen. That's a funny old moniker that somebody gave me, but J-E-N-N-D-E-L-A-N-E-Y. And there's also Facebook as the Jen Delaney. There's a Facebook page there too. So um, I'm happy to answer questions. Um, I'm Jen at jendelaney.com if you need to send me an email, but I'm a, I want to see more people heal. That's really my goal. And if I have the answer to your question, I'm happy to import it. That's a great mission. And um, if you are interested in talking with Jen, uh, links to all of that stuff will be in the description below. But thank you so much, Jen. It was a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate you having me on and letting me spread my message. Hey, I wanted to say thank you so much for listening. I've set a goal of helping as many people as I can live happier, healthier lives, even if it is just in the small way that this podcast can provide. If you have found this episode valuable, and if you haven't already, please consider subscribing as well as leaving a rating and review. It helps grow the show, which allows me to reach more people like you. Until next time, be well. Wow, we made it. The end of launch day, episode six. That's it for day one, but I am super excited to just keep bringing you more episodes weekly. So if you're interested in that, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you did find value in this, leave me a review. Let me know what you thought, what kind of questions you have. Be sure to share this with your friends and family that you believe would benefit from it as well. And I know you're listening to this on iTunes right now, but that's just for the launch day. If you don't have Apple products, if you like to listen to your podcasts on other platforms, don't worry. Your fitness formula will be coming to other platforms soon. So if you're interested in staying up to date with that, you can head to my website where you can subscribe to my newsletter, teddybenz.com, and I'll keep you posted on when it goes live on other platforms. Thank you so much for joining me for this launch day. It means the world to me that you're here, that you made it to this episode, and I hope that you just had a great time with me. Um, just keep working towards your health and fitness goals. Take what you found valuable from these episodes, implement them in your lives, and I'm sure that you'll find improvements. These people are very smart and gave a lot of awesome tips. Now, that doesn't mean you have to take every single piece of advice that was given. That's the great thing about health. It's very individualized and that you can listen to certain parts, try them. If they don't work for you, then try something else. Because I know even in these episodes alone, people did give different advice and that's perfectly great. They just gave general ideas that they have found to work. It may not work for everyone. And I think they were all pretty clear about that, but give it a try. Maybe it'll work for you. If not, that's that's okay. Health is the most important thing for everyone out there. If you're not healthy, it's really hard to fully enjoy life. And if you're really not healthy, then you have no life to enjoy at all. So just keep at it. If you're struggling, keep at it. I know you can do it. I believe in you. Keep working towards your health goals. I'll see you next time and be well.